It's Just Business with Steve Thomas and your host, Chris Larry. Hello and welcome to another episode of It's Just Business on the Hogstein Network, the show where we look at the dollars and cents of the sports media business industrial complex in its uh, spider web of complexity and intrigue. Steve, how you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. How you been? Oh, not bad, not bad. You know, been on the road recently. Uh, I, I was I was saying before we hit record on the mic, you know, and I. I I take so much grief from my friends about like, oh, you're always traveling for work. You're so sophisticated. Uh, apparently in some back channel text change, which I'm not a part of, they called me the Baron. Um, but, any- <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I was just in Costa Rica for, uh, we were throwing our, our big summit, global summit. Uh, anyway, but I've been to Costa Rica twice this year and everyone's like, wow, ooh la la. But I've seen two Marriott's the same restaurant twice, a convention center, and the D.C., New York City, L.A. level of congestion highways that connect those things. So I have had the absolutely opposite end of the quintessential Costa Rican. <laughs> well, yeah, and you see an airport and then a taxi cab from an airport. and that's Right, yeah, yeah. Let, let, me, let, me, let me remember the, the, the airport. I, I mean, I, I've traveled a little bit in the past couple weeks for work and nothing like, you know, the world traveler you are because, I mean, uh, you know, that's not my, my world. But in both cases, I saw an airplane, a taxi, uh, a hotel, a surrounding uh, a restaurant within walking distance and then a cab again you know that's that's all it is so like these work trips are not for those of you out there wondering some of them are not as fun as you might think and you, it's a pain in the butt to pack it's a pain in the butt to leave leave your family and you're just you're literally most of the time for the most part going to a hotel and you're sitting around in a room for a couple of days and you go home it's really not that exciting this one was even a little extra painful because it was actually a very nice Marriott on a very nice piece of property. It was almost, I would call resort than hotel that we were, and we were running everything there, the rooms, the events. So it was all self-contained on campus, so to speak. And so we're doing a walkthrough of the breakout rooms that we'd be using uh, a couple days before, you know, the advanced team. And I know the first thing I noticed was that every single breakout room had a wonderful view of their pools. So I was like, oh, great. We're going to have all these people sitting here looking right, like <laughs> longingly at the pool, uh, which is a beautiful pool, rather than like the, you know, whatever particular panel or speaker was going on at the front of the room. Do you think he put up a giant curtain or something, perhaps? <laughs> I definitely was like, do you have blackout curtains? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in Austin this week, you know, which, of course, is like the heart of liberalism in Texas. So I felt like I was going into the, the belly of beast. And it was I was at a conference and it was in all seriousness it was kind of funny because like the conference host would it was really not a partisan conference at all, but you, they would throw like snide comments out, uh, you know, that were very, uh, in intentionally very kind of left leaning and goading about it. And of course, uh, you know, me, I just have to sit there and stew over it, uh, you know, but it was, it was, uh, it's not, I'm not used to seeing that kind of attitude in Texas. So it's a little different. Well, you're, you're intersecting with the public sector sector, right? Yeah, which is by its very nature, uh, yeah. you know, more left leaning. That's why I was prepared for it, you know. But you know, at going point, the host kind of threw out a snide comment about book banning in Texas, and I was like, "Dude, this is not what you know." And I have to remind myself, this is not what we're here for, you know. <laughs> so that was so that was my week. 
Austin and home. Getting uh, caught in traffic on the way home. Yes. So the, the, the you know, there's a, you know, I can hear the eye rolls right now, you know, as people that, that go back and forth from their cubicle every day. So uh, we will stop complaining about our, uh, you know, the, even oh, more snotty than first world problems. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like elite first world problems. You mean you don't want to travel to places for work? And <laughs> God help you if you have to go to Costa Rica and Austin, Texas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you mean my you mean my my travel advance payment didn't come until the day after I got back? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, well, speaking speaking of elite first world problems, uh, been coddled since he was a teenager. Probably Jim Harbaugh is apparently not going to be allowed to game day coach because I and we'll put a little asterisk on that game day coach. Uh, the Michigan football team, uh, known as the Wolverines, for out the rest of this year at least, given this, uh, you know, kind of Patriots-esque scouting scandal, spying scandal. Um, you know, I, it's kind of interesting to me how much this is even really illegal, but Michigan's in a lot of hot water, and Jim Harbaugh will not be trolling the sidelines, I think, all the way until whatever playoff games they may or may not be involved in. Is that correct, Steve? Yeah, I think so. And, and this kind of is seems to be a combination of the Houston Astros cheating and then the, the Patriots cheating a little bit. The, and honestly, I didn't know anything about this until a couple of days ago. Um, it shows me how much I pay attention. So this story is in Fox News. Um, Michigan's Jim Harbaugh will not coach the rest of the regular season. It's punishment for in-person scouting operation. And we're going to get to another story with another source here in a minute. Um, but this is by Joe Morgan. And so what's happened here is that the Big Ten has disapproved or, or has uh, announced that they will not allow Jim Harbaugh to coach for the remainder of the 2023 regular season. And oh, Michigan regular is, season, they say specifically, so they don't. It says, right. Yeah. So in other words, if they are ends up in a big-time bowl game, presumably Harbaugh will be there on the sidelines. And also, this what it doesn't state is what you just alluded to, which is, like, what is his role at the university? Is he just sitting at home watching The View, or can he be in the building? Is, it, is this just a ban on sideline game day coaching it's to me it's not 100 clear unless i just missed it i read here. somewhere else that did say because this is actually a big story so you can find this in any any outlet that even has a whiff of sports section that he is allowed during the week facility access so he can still be in meeting rooms he can still be giving friday night pep talks he can still be designing game plans to the extent that the head coach of the college football team does so whatever activities happen between sunday and friday he is still able to participate in this is not a stay at home for x yeah. amount of months so he's doing the same thing he was doing before. He just can't be there on game day. But it's nonetheless, I can't remember the last time we've we've had a punishment like this. So why, you ask? Well, let me tell. So he's been found in violation of the Big Ten sportsmanship policy for conducting an impermissible, this is a quote, for conducting an impermissible in-person scouting operation over multiple years resulting in an unfair competitive advantage that compromised the integrity of competition. Now, so we're going to, because this Fox story didn't go into great detail about what this was really all about, unfortunately. So I'm going to go to an athletic column called 
Uh, Connor Stallion's businesses. Michigan running back Blake Corum surprised by link to ex-staffer by Austin Meek dated November 8th. Now, in this column, they kind of talk about it here. And so this Connor Stallion's guy, it was a was a uh, on the staff at Michigan. And apparently what he was doing was he was sending tickets for away games to people he knew. And then the the this person who accepted the tickets would film the would uh, film the sidelines and get the signals for the opposing team, which is the home team. Now, what goes unstated in all of these statements are how the signals were being relayed to Michigan. Nobody said this, so I don't know how uh, they didn't go into detail. If there are there phones, radios, you know, I don't know. Um, and, and the um, Blake Corum part of it, we'll get to here in a minute. But I think that is the scandal. So, again, I, I'm curious as to how this is helping Michigan. I, this part I did not see. Did you see it? Well, I mean, yeah, no, they don't get into those specific details. I've been following the story a little bit as it's kind of bubbled along the football season because it kind of like, hey, Michigan might be, you know, using a network of people to record signs. That came out probably, I think, the second or third week of the college football season. Um, And it seemed like the NCAA, once they fired this guy and basically Michigan said, Oh, we filed. We fired the nefarious actor, right? Whatever his name is, Connor uh, Stallion. Right. We've got. We've gotten rid of him. So you know, problem solved. And the, you know, and Harbaugh had a little bit of reputational damage. And the NCAA was kind of like, okay, okay, Michigan, that's good for us. You fired the guy, you know. But the story kept bubbling, and what happened was that the other universities probably led by the coaches and 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 um whatever the g you know gm equivalent in college i can't think of it right now um athletic director director, uh basically were within the big 10 we're pressuring the big 10 where they're taking advantage right seeing kind of a wounded animal in michigan and harbaugh specifically and they kept up the pressure within the big 10 so it got to be almost like a you know, initially, Michigan and the NCAA were like, problem solved, we're, he's fired, everyone, you know, keep it moving. But the Big Ten other universities continued to press, and that made this more and more of a story, opened up more and more investigations, which I think was even a surprise, I think, when this broke on Friday, we're recording on Saturday, so yesterday, or at least within the past 48 hours, that they were actually going to take this level of disciplinary action against Harbaugh. That's actually pretty interesting, because that seemed like a real escalation. So it they... Somebody either must be sitting on some information we're not totally privy to or the pressure of the other Big Ten schools saying, hey, we're going to really kind of mess things up if you don't do the right thing. Well, maybe. Yeah. And number one, it implies that Harbo either knew about this or should have known about it. Uh, you know, one of those two things, what it, what it implies. And also what I'm getting a sense of in terms of the actual cheating part, I'm getting the sense this is more of kind of a long game sort of sort of thing. Because, again, it's not – they're not alleging that these signs are being relayed in real time. No, it's like know. data collection. Yeah. Right, yeah, da- like data collection. Exactly right. It seems to be more what it is. And like you, I I mean, is this illegal? <laughs> you know, is yeah, this is against this the rules? Yeah, is cheating? You know, in today's world is like – those games are pub- – yeah, we, we obviously don't know the, like, kind of, like – real letter of the law here within the NCAA about what's allowed right. or not allowed because they must have regulate because these games are public right like you know like 
So, and it must have something to do with recording device, no recording device. Like you could, I mean, there's scouts for every, and they watch the game film every, every week, you right. know? Right. So I've always had that question about going back to the Patriots videotaping scandal to the Astros, you know, to some degree, like, is, is this just the modern world at what Well, point? but the Astros was different though, because the Astros was on was, field, right? And from the scoreboard. Yeah. And they were relaying um, in real time in real time to the batters and so that's different i mean the astros are next level but but the patriots thing uh yeah i, I mean and even the patriots thing is a little different because they were filming you know like Practice, practices right? and yeah. that's different but we're talking about here is basically in-game data collection that i we think is just for an analysis later meaning Building you know, a portfolio, yeah. Yeah, Michigan State did this in 2022, so we're going to use that information 2023, which is just sort of a half a step from just watching the game film and doing an analysis of play calling in the game film. So that part, so I tend to think you're probably right in that it's some combination of Harbaugh knew about it. There must be some prohibition against separate filming that we're just not aware of that nobody's cited, you know, for us and we didn't do a deep dive enough into the NCAA rules to find out. And what you said, which is the other Big Ten schools kind of smell blood in the water a little bit. And this is an opportunity to slam Harbaugh, who I don't think is particularly well liked. He's kind of No, a no, not even by you generally not even by his current employers. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's kind of a jerk and he has a reputation. And so this is a kind of a way to give him a middle finger a little bit um yeah. about a week ago there was a bunch of stories that came out that were like uh, you know big other big 10 schools looking to you know that so that there had already been some word out that they they were saber rattling in terms of how annoyed they were but they're also just seeing blood in the water like that's just ga to me that's as much gamemanship as going to collect uh you know footage from other games right that i don't think I don't say the other Big Ten schools were like some kind of, you know, um, up on their high horse about cheating. They just saw a massive rival that they could all collectively take a bite out of. Yeah, who they don't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Jim Harbaugh is not attending the the Big Ten thanks coaches Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's not. And by the way, this other story is is um, related to it, the athletic one. Basically, this what's his name Blake Corum guy apparently was on the business records of a couple of LLCs that Connor Stallions had so Connor Stallions being again the Big Ten guy who was doing this so it's not that part of it is not that big of a story really it's just I wanted to cite it because it had some more details of what happened here um, the, the one interesting part about that story is that Blake Corum claims to not know and so yeah, if, I know if it's like how did this if happen? you're creating like a case against this scallion guy or whatever that he's you know pretty much kind of a shady character on many levels um and then why was harbaugh associating with him this is what these are the kind of questions that begin to get opened you know his so his business dealings you know having multiple llc's in different states is not illegal on its face but then you start having business partners who claim they have you know both he and his father claim that they have no knowledge about being associated with any of these things so it really does start to call into questions this that you know the scallion guy well yeah and and i mean is he forging the quorum's signature on a form uh, you know on like a part a company agreement or something i mean you know what is going on here and, and for that matter i mean why is a running back 
who I guess was a running back at the time. Why is he doing any business with this Stallions guy in the first place? That is multiple states away. Yeah, that's inappropriate. Uh, you know, that's not so. Uh, yeah, it, it, clearly this Stallions guy is pretty is morally questionable, shall we say? Probably, <laughs> you know, at this rate. Which is um, what the slippery slope is here. You know, are these are these just the sort of beginning rumblings of something deeper? Yeah, I mean, is he an MS-13 gangster or is this just a guy who's, you know, kind of doing normal stuff? Because here's the thing. I'd be willing to bet this goes on a lot more than anybody realizes. They just haven't been caught, <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't think um, Bill Belichick's the only one who's pushed the rules in the NFL. He just happened to get busted. The Astros may be the only ones literally relaying signs, but there's certainly other teams that are like filming pictures and all that so it's it, the actual NCAA level crime I, I think the scandal is almost worse than the crime here yeah probably um but i think it's going to do some serious damage to harbaugh to where i even heard that the ncaa and the nfl are in conversation potentially about if he tries to escape to the nfl that there might be some, you know, because they're so, they're so in bed with each other, the NCAA and the NFL on so many things that they're going to, that there might be some kind of agreement that he pays some price in the NFL. Like some sort of unwritten, unstated agreement? No, or that maybe he's got a four, he enters as a, with a four game uh, suspension as a coach. Oh. They, takes over the, you know, Cleveland Browns or whatever. Uh, that maybe, you know, there's some kind of, partnership between the NCAA and the NFL that that meters out some equitable level of justice as he moves so that yeah, that an escape hatch that'd be interesting because a lot of times when teams get in trouble the, the the NFL has a history of not caring but most of those thing times when people get in trouble they're recruiting violations and the NFL's sort of excuse for not caring is that there's no recruiting you know here where it's draft and so but in this case if true and played out to its maximum extent, this scandal could be going to the heart of the fairness of the game, which is why then the NFL would have some level of interest in punishing for it. I guess I think that's the theory. Here. Yeah. And, you know, both business models are so, you know, reliant on each other. They're not, you know, they're going to be in lockstep about stuff like this because they don't want to upturn the apple cart. Well, yeah. I mean, and I think the NFL is more reliant on the NCAA. You know, in some respects, you know, because they do need a, a stream of players, yeah. you know, and they need there's a lot of cooperation between the schools and the NFL with regard to game film and, you know, scouting. And, you know, they talk a lot more than anybody realizes. Like, if you remember that movie Draft Day, the Kevin Costner Draft Day movie, when yeah. uh, Costner picked up the phone and called the coach of Wisconsin. And yeah, it's just a movie granted, but that's the kind of relationship I think that these coaches have with college with colleges and the NCAA could cut that off if they really wanted to, uh, you know, and I don't think they would over something like this, but there's sort of an unspoken level cooperation, I think between the NFL and the NCAA. And so this is, this is that. So Harbaugh jerk got caught or at a minimum, his staff got caught, and he should have known about it. So now Harbaugh is sitting on the sidelines. Will it have an effect on Michigan's on-field performance? I would venture probably zero. Uh, it's certainly set up to not harm them too much in terms of their on-the-field product, which is ultimately also what the NCAA cares about because they're going to be a competitive team. So, like, they're not looking to hamstring one of the ones that you know will probably be in their playoffs. Well, also, I mean, you could put Harbaugh in the locker room 
with a headset on and a bunch of, you know, monitors and accomplish the same goal as having him on the sidelines, you know? Uh, Definitely. Now, recently, I think two weeks back, if you were if you were a pro scout relying on your Sunday direct uh, Sunday ticket access to scout games on the red zone or whatever, you would have been in a bit of a pickle because I think it was two weeks ago as we record this, they had YouTube, uh, Google, Alphabet, whatever you know arrangement you want to call them, had their first real hiccup with their in their inaugural year of delivering the Sunday ticket in that a lot of buffering issues and in a good amount of lost service really was the first egg on the face um, to this relationship. And we were referencing, I think, a, an athletic article um, and by their main media uh, writer, who's who? Richard, Steve? Richard D. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. YouTube TV cannot afford to have another Sunday ticket hiccup by Richard Deesh, who is the guy you're talking about, uh, dated November 3rd. Um, I have not watched one second of the YouTube Sunday ticket thing, um, NFL Sunday ticket, because I do not subscribe to it. Have you watched any of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a subscriber. I, I've watched a, a good amount. Okay, because uh, I kind of have a problem with subscribing to all these services, so I don't do it. Have you seen any any service hiccups in your view? No, in fact, well, even with this particular hiccup, the streaming quality and service compared to DirecTV is, is a gulf. So, um, you know, so I was, you know, really had been a customer putting up with a really bad product for a number of years. So it was way better than that. And on the day in question, I was actually watching on my phone and like kind of like, you know, in many different locales uh, on the road, et cetera, in a car and and had no problem. And then I'd also um, given out my uh, to somebody else to watch because that's one actually innovation in in you in this YouTube, you can have multiple te- you can have multiple connections going at one time. That was different from the DirecTV. It was actually one of their things they sold. So I had given it to someone else, and they had experienced no problem. So it wasn't it wasn't universal. Um, and it also begs to question how much of this is your personal uh, you know your personal broadband. But they did this YouTube did admit that they they had problems. It wasn't just people on bad service um, locally, but. It wasn't universal. I on two different devices, two different games, in two different locales. I didn't experience any of this particular hiccup. Okay, so this the column we just cited here is actually it starts off with uh, talking about a fan of Washington, which is yeah, no, our, that home, was funny. <laughs> our home market, you know, here for this show. Uh, the 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 Washington Philadelphia Eagles game, and he's trying to watch from his home in New Jersey, and had. Quote, unexpected buffering, glitching, and stalling of the game. Says he was far from alone. Apparently a bunch of people were unhappy. I didn't know about this. Nobody came to us at the Hogsty about it or anything. So this is news to me about this. If you're Um, watching on a computer or a phone, there's a chat function that goes along each game. uh, And as soon as I, like, I logged in and I was watching, you know, like I said, I was, like, in a car on my phone watching the Eagles skins. And... I could see the chat blowing up. Like, what's wrong with my... So, like, it, in real time, I could see lots of people were okay. upset. Now, now I... It's possible. I'm not going to confirm or deny this, but it's possible that I watched the Washington games through a site of questionable legality that may or may not broadcast NFL games through a hacked website in Europe. 
Um, and in that kind of setting, I'm kind of used to glitches because you can't right. complain about <laughs> illegal and free, you know. But um, okay, so the interesting part here, and and base in, I mean, is this that big of a deal? I, I think the article almost makes a bigger deal of it than it is. Okay, they have, once, they have a glitch once. Okay, so what? You know, it, again, you like you said, it could be the guy's broadband. It could have been maybe there was a, a you know Wi-Fi glitch in your area. You know, who the hell knows? Um, so I don't really know why this is like scandal worthy. And I think the headline is, is, uh, and that contract is, this is why a writer of his, you know, this, this is his beat, but this contract is so massive. It's not going to do any, you know, like now they have things to clean up. They have, you know, blah, 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 you know, yes. But like, this is, this is lock solid. It's not, it's not putting, uh, alphabet and the NFL at odds that this contract no. is not going to be broken. Well, I just think it was about a, the it was title. A really ridiculous headline and even thrust of the article. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's the, the title of this all article, this column again is YouTube t- TV cannot afford to have another Sunday. Yes, they NFL. can. I know. Like, okay, if they do, what happens then? Is the NFL going to terminate the contract? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did anybody, would anybody have even mentioned this again until he wrote this column? Probably not. <laughs> you know? They weren't even worried about it enough to offer any kind of even like middling payback like you know like pro we'll rate a week five bucks a month or, or something so, and, yeah. and, and and the article and the article even advances youtube's narrative here where they're like oh but they did offer a half price discount on that second half of the season they, guess what they were always going to do that that was yeah. in their business plan day one baseball does that every year if you yes, subscribe that's a, that, that was not season. that was not a give back oh you can pay but first of all it doesn't even solve the people who already have the service yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, and saying you can pay half price to get half of a season isn't anything. Right. To people that have already bought the whole season. So how does that help me? Well, even <laughs> like now, okay, if I want to buy the rest of the remaining, what are we, it's eight games, I can pay half price. That's about fair, I would say, wouldn't you? You know, that's right, not... Yes. <laughs> That's not a give back in any way. Yeah. So the the so the interesting part about it, I think, is what you mentioned before uh, before we jumped on, Chris. Is this column we so th- so we think this is kind of a dumb dumb um, f- uh, you know column to write by D. She's better than this. You know, it's like so what? No, nobody's complaining about this. But the interesting part, most interesting part, he's citing Sportico which we've cited before on this show until Sportico decided to lock their website up. No, we can't get it anymore. Um, that um, Morgan Stanley's equity research unit apparently is projecting YouTube TV will lose $8.86 billion with a B on Sunday ticket between now and 2029, yearly declines of $1.27 billion. That is not... Uh, I mean, the, the the analogy you used was like you get a free, you know, DVD if you, you know, at Walmart, if you, cause you can maybe come back, you're going to go buy a stove or whatever, a refrigerator or something. That's typically why you give out like free, st- why you do something at a loss. You're going to give away a product so people will come patronize your store. Like as an example, just yesterday, I went to Discount Tire. My tire was had, having a leak. And I went in there and said, yeah, can you please fix this and rotate my tires where you add it? And then an hour and a half later, the guy came back and said, yeah, it's done. How much is it? He goes, oh, no, it's free. Are you sure? I'm willing to pay you know, for this. No, no, it's free. They're doing that because they know I'm going to come back. When I need tires, I'm going to go buy tires from them. So they will donate half an hour of a technician's time in order to get me to come back. That's what this is for. But in this case here, we're not talking about like a free – fix take a nail out of a tire we're talking about 
almost nine billion dollars over a decade, uh, almost of a decade. That is staggering. I had no idea. I don't know what their motivation for doing it at that kind of loss would be. So I have an idea about what it might be, but let me just give you a context on that number that's still within the world of NFL media rights, right? So we don't have to do an extrapolation. Amazon paid $9 billion for the right to broadcast the Thursday night games for the next, I think, nine to ten years. Basically the same. So Alphabet, that's the parent company for all everything Google, yeah. is willing to lose – the same amount of money Amazon's paying for the right <laughs> to have a game a week for the next decade. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, that just shows you how big they are. In case anybody wonders, do you know what the market cap for Alphabet is right off the top of your head? It's in the it. it, it, it we moved from B's to T's into yeah. trillion. I, I knew it, it's. I knew it's in the T's. And so to, the, to them, losing nine billion or one billion a year is. I wouldn't say it's cheeseburger money, you know, or couch cushion money, but it's within the realm of an acceptable loss that almost no other company or no other person whose name is not Musk could do and swallow. You know, like Elon Musk paid forty billion to buy Twitter, and it, you know, it was a a bid that was what forty percent overpriced, and he's he's losing money on it today. He's doing it for other reasons, so he could do it. Alphabet could do it. Apple could probably do it if they wanted to. Not very many other companies could do it, but still, that is just a staggering amount of loss. So why are they doing it? You have to think they're doing it because they're trying to insert themselves into the discussion, more into the discussion about we are the source for live entertainment. We're going to expand this into we're going to become the new NBCs, ABC, CBS. You will come to us. I bet you they'll have live election coverage in a year from now. Well, they already do. I think the upsell for them is not they want to be the next NBC, that they want to be the next Comcast, Cable Vision. Time yeah, that's probably cable, whatever. But, but so, what I'm saying is, yeah, YouTube TV is already that. thing. It's already and it's probably if I we don't have the data right in front of us, but I would bet you it's 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 no lower than second probably to Hulu. They probably battle one and two for the cord cutter switch. So it's not they're cutting, you know, it really is they're cutting the cord of cable just for another version of cable that's through streaming. So what they're doing with NFL is, you know, which is the same thing, by the way, that DirecTV did with satellite television, which is get it for this and then we'll make it easier for you to just up up uh, grade yeah. to our full package. Oh, and by the way, you can get rid of cable and you still get Fox, you still get CNN, you still get MSNBC, you still get your networks, plus you get all the, you know, all just cable without an actual cord so this to them like nfl has been in all versions of television the upsell is to their more comprehensive youtube tv package yeah and i actually think that's one thing the direct tv did poorly because direct tv would not let you just buy the nfl package as like an in you had to have the service i tried and they had a rule, you know, like if you, it was like you're in an urban area where they feel you couldn't put a saddle, you're like living in an apartment in New York City or a brownstone, like you, I don't know exactly where you live, you live in Brooklyn. Brownstone, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so if you can't put a satellite dish on your home and their judgment, you could get the streaming service. And they, for me, I tried to get the NFL package through them one point in time, and they said, no, you, you don't live in enough area. What they should have done is sell, sell the package to anybody and then advertise their full service. And that's what YouTube is doing here. What I was talking about, Chris, was like there's not, as far as I know, there's not like a, a YouTube daily news show, for example. 
No. You know, and so I, I wonder if the the sports package is leading to that. Uh, you know, will they have live programming on YouTube, like a YouTube channel or something? Because I'm sure, like, individual um, YouTube channels probably do live coverage of elections and stuff. Like, you know, who knows? But But YouTube itself, will they have, like, YouTube broadcasts? You know, and is that is this kind of a test bed for that? Is this um, kind of an you know uh, the leading edge of kind of the next step for YouTube? That's where I was going with. I do definitely think they want to be Comcast or you know Time Warner or whatever for sure. I don't, you know who knows, and you know they get sort of you know so much so everyone gets so drunk on hubris that you can never sort of predict where these guys are going. But I would guess from their strategy that they feel like they. Ne- they why would they get in? Which is you know generally a sucker's bet. You know we have media entities closing all the time around the production side when they can just get the modern day version of the carriage fee from you know the YouTube TV package, um, and and these networks and brands are going to get more and more desperate to have streaming partners. So. And then, you know, YouTube, like in the kind of old school version of YouTube, has such a, to your point, has such a long tail of, you know, kind of indie contributors that, you know, that they can point to. And some of those basically just look like YouTube productions at this point that YouTube doesn't have to pay for. So um, I think they probably, they have the long tail of those things just on the YouTube platform. And then they sell you your, you know, reconfigured cable. And I, I would doubt they spend their any of their war chest on producing their own things because they got to enough of it on both sides of that coin yeah probably uh, you know and a guy like like i don't know tucker carlson uh, you know could do like a live election day tucker carlson street you know tucker carlson production uh you know um and there's others i'm not trying to be partisan here i mean there's you know left and right and or whatever they can do that and yeah probably i guess um because there's plenty of youtube content creators whether big name or whether individuals who do live streams, they cover things, generally speaking. So maybe not. But I do think, though, that um, YouTube is buying the NFL and they're losing $9 billion, which, again, to them is not a ton, for a reason. And I do think they're trying... I do think they're going to want to encourage or upsell more live programming on YouTube. You know? Yeah, and, and it might be... Like, let's take the, the Tucker Carlson thing example and you know fill in your talking head uh and actually the good example is the stupid ex-punter what's his name we talk about him all the time um oh mcafee yeah mcafee was making a ton of money on youtube already now it wasn't that youtube was paying him as they're not higher youtube doesn't hire pat mcafee but at the top end of their food chain, their affiliate program in terms of their ad sales revenue and stuff action and when you can bring those kinds of numbers you actually get paid out through you through youtube's program rather than being employed by youtube or you know contracted with youtube yeah yeah so that works probably better for youtube in the end especially at those kinds of numbers and then they can still promote that we've got tucker carlson or pat mcavee on youtube even though they're getting paid out through their affiliate program yeah and they probably uh, the guy as big as he is uh, or like you know like mr beast i think is the biggest yeah youtuber he's got like 
100 million subscribers or some enormous number like that they they probably do deal with him directly at some level they're not just letting they're not just like letting him do his own totally his own thing i'm sure they're providing him some level of support and communication that like you and i like the hogsty which we don't barely use youtube at all is not getting and nor should we get you know so there is some but at the end of the day mr beast is just getting ad revenue from YouTube. They're just getting a lot of it. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's right, through their their existing ad share programs, which but, more and more they've tailored to only serve the Pat McAvees and Mr. Beast. It started off as this kind of long tail where even if you were just a small content creator and you tripped their things, you could get some, you know, modest, you know, return for the amount of They send you 10 bucks, but it's not right, worth but, it for them to send us 10 bucks. You know? No, and they've actually made it, so they, they've sort of, all their internal policies on their affiliates have just, you know, in the last five years have more and more trended to only servicing the Pat McAvees. And, oh, and yeah, the- yeah. Well, and that's like, the, again, the Hawkstye has a YouTube channel, but we never promote it. We never talk about it. We never put anything on it. There's nothing there. Like Alex puts the shows there, but it's just not, we don't have any video. And, and, but let's and so say, let's say for whatever reason, Hawkstye YouTube started to get to 500,000 viewers mm-hmm. on things. You st- the way they've tightened the rules, you still would. I mean, you, the, the the numbers you now have to hit are so unrealistic, and so even what you and I would consider, and most people, even successful online businesses would consider a significant audience, are not moving the needle for YouTube. Yeah, yeah, and, and but but this doesn't really answer the question of why YouTube is willing to take a nine billion dollar hit for this. It might be that the NFL is the greatest lead in of all time for whatever kind of a further media thing you want. And they might just be purchasing the right to leverage that, which they don't know yet exists. It's a futures bet. Maybe, but I, I, they have to have a specific strategy because, uh, you know, I, I don't have to have a subscription to check out YouTube. People watch YouTube all the time. I watch YouTube a lot um, and I don't have subs- uh, I don't subscribe to the NFL. So. Is it really getting them a bigger share of the market because the NFL is there? To me, there has to be another play here, like some other point. I just think they want people on their platform, however they get it, and they'll overpay in the short term, which is, you know, but we'll see. I don't know. But 2029 is not the short term, though, (laughs) you know. That's midterm, you know. That's yeah, I just think they want to be positioned to take advantage of and they they're going to and they have a much bigger sense of what's next than we do. Right. So if they say, hey, this technology is going to be mature in three or four years and we'll be the ones with the real estate to take advantage of it. Unless, of course, they have one more glitch, in which case the company. Right. It's all it's all done. (laughs) (laughs) So ridiculous. Uh, Well, let's move on to uh, the even more ridiculous. And that is you may have noticed if you're scouring NFL uh, uh, transaction wire that. former now kind of current NFL linebacker uh, Blake Martinez has joined at least the practice squad for the Carolina Panthers. I do not believe he was called up for Thursday's game, but they always have a couple weeks to decide. It's kind of funny now. You can even have guys play on your practice squad and then ship them back and forth. But that's Well, it's called elevation. You can elevate practice squatters, yeah. Let's expand the rosters, by the way. So, um, so... He's at least at that level, and he will probably materialize on the Panthers roster at some point because the Panthers are horrible. But if you might remember the name Blake Martinez kind of, you know, outside of his NFL career is that at 28, 29, he had retired from football because he was just making so much money selling and dealing in Pokemon cards. I believe we even like snuck that in at some point as a funny story at the time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, it's not just that 
his love of football and, you know, brought him back to the NFL. It's also that if you dig a little deeper, his time selling Pokemon cards got him in some in some trouble. And he's actually been drummed out of the platform in which was driving his sales uh, and is embroiled in a few disputed issues about his business practices. Yeah, this this story is ridiculous, which is why I want to do it because it's kind of funny. Uh, this is the athletic uh, Blake Martinez back in the NFL after retiring to sell Pokemon cards and running into trouble by Joseph Person and Zach Kiefer Tuesday, November 7th. So, yeah, so he retired a year ago. He was make he made eleven million dollars in a year selling Pokemon cards. Um, and so he was doing this. And so I think he saw, Hey, I don't have to beat my body up. And you know, this of course can be a long-term career move. And you know, I can keep selling Pokemon cards forever. Not so much. He was on a platform called whatnot, which I think I've heard of, but I don't know anything about And Chris, you didn't, hadn't heard of it at all. I don't think ever. Yeah. Streaming platform, some kind. Yeah. Right. I've heard the name, but that's about it. Well, he's been thrown off of whatnot, uh, allegedly for uh, some sort of scam involving these Pokemon cards. They don't get into the details of what was alleged, but presumably you can read into this and assume that probably the cards he was selling were not the cards that were delivered to the customer, would be my guess. This is not Old the rare Pokemon switch card. type stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, presumably what was happening was... You know, he's advertising a rare Pokemon card that's worth a lot of money, and then when it's purchased and delivered, it's not the right card. It, it, that's probably what was what's being alleged here. Um, and so he's thrown off of that. Now he could also do this, you know, on like eBay. You know, there's other sales sites, um, and he wasn't, and he's not. So it kind of makes you wonder if this is a legit. If the allegations against him have some merit <laughs> you know um so now he's back with the nfl which is just hilarious the, the, the idea of an nfl player who by the way he was a long he was a starter for five or six years towards acl tackles one year yeah he was a he was a solid pro and he had a long-term career that he would end this to sell pokemon cards of all things pokemon this is my new career and then get thrown out of it and have to return to a practice squad after a year, I think is hilarious um, here. Um, look, NFL players, by their very nature, a lot of them are risk takers and gamblers when it comes to business. Um, it's in part because, you know, the idea of, of voluntarily subjecting your body to train wrecks every week takes a certain mentality. And the other part of this, a lot of them, to be honest, aren't that educated and aren't that smart and tend to be suckered into bad business deals. And so this, the idea of Blake Martinez going to Pokemon cards and thinking that thinking that is a career um, doesn't surprise me too much. Now, I also would, I mean, is he really conning people out of it? Is he that dumb? Or does he just not know what he's doing? I would tend to lean towards the latter. I don't know Blake Martinez at all, but I mean... Why would he leave a lucrative NFL gig to go scam people with Pokemon cards? I think he probably just got in way over his head. That would be my guess. Well, he ballooned to 11 employees, apparently. which yeah. uh, And it was a one one woman uh, that apparently, like, you know, kind of was the center of it. Interesting, though, he has not fired her. She's right. still an employee. So, um, and he's probably at some level fighting this. 
Um, by the way, whatnot, which I've been kind of looking at here, is actually kind of interesting. I might spend some more time in this. But it's basically if you took the old QVC home shopping, let individuals do it. So it's a, basically it's a combination of eBay and the old home shoppers network where you have live stream sales of different items, mostly collectibles, but by individuals um you know similar to ebay in terms of selling my stock so it's ebay with a, Q, with a live stream qvc style element and okay. you know focusing on things like comic books sports memorabilia so you know that kind of stuff can i find a cool electric guitar on there you I probably could yes okay. you probably that would probably be an excellent use case and the person would play it he'd show you the pickups you know it's live you can ask questions in real time so it's like being at a marketplace but it's virtually uh but it's still live video you still com conversate you still see the thing in action okay so presumably martinez is doing live stream videos on this thing or his employees yeah, you know look at this card you know it's in great shape or whatever whatnot and then it wasn't that whatever there was some bait and switch that, you know, with it, when the camera went off. And what's fascinating about this, this is an interesting Internet story in that, inter, you know, the Internet is a, you know, got lots of problems. But one thing it's still very good at is crowdsource sleuthing. And so anything that's got that much attention there, you know, you, you basically have thousands and thousands of watchdog agents so basically and this is where he's the sort of he's not that bright piece comes in because he was trying a basically a tried and true kind of marketplace scam technique the bait and switch i mean that goes back to you know you could find that in some you know uh ancient marketplace right uh you know babylonia or something so but Never, you never had 10,000 eyes watching this happen. And so these internet sleuths basically busted him in real time. And if you go on whatnot, they are, as you would expect, very serious about vetting their sellers because the, like eBay back in the old days, the trust and verification of the sellers is going to judge whether the platform survives or not. So actually, the you know, they need, people to trust sellers that's the core business model so they have the shop with the peace of mind we vet every seller and if you're unhappy with a purchase we'll cover you and that's actually why he got banned from whatnot because of these policies of needing high level of trust with their vendors whatnot banned him because they had to go and pay they took the loss whatnot had to go and do yeah, they that they want guarantee. to save their customers right yeah and that's what ebay will do too you know yeah eBay, exactly uh, yeah um and by the way, the column says he actually had 20 full-time staffers wow. at one point in time, not 11. It also says, collectively, the company hosted up to 16 hours of live streams per day. <laughs> so they're, <laughs> they're like on the air at all times with Pokemon cards. I, look, the the idea that an NFL line, a young 20-something-year-old NFL linebacker with no business experience could run a company of 20 full-time staffers. Uh, you know, that had 16 hours of live broadcasts a day and not have problems. I mean, I think he probably should have expected this. This doesn't even mean Martinez is dishonest. It seems to me it's more probably that the business, he's probably just incompetent running a business and didn't mail out cards. They should have, you know, maybe the wrong ones went to the wrong people, which is probably why um, whatnot ended up having to pay. I would venture guess it's probably along more along those lines than he's just flat out trying to cheat anybody it's probably incompetence that would be my guess because this is a lot for it'd be a lot for any 20 something year old to do 20 employees and you know live broadcasts for 16 hours 
that would be tough for anybody, let alone somebody who's no experience whatsoever in doing it. And, and I'm sure smart. there's no lack of Pokemon sellers on whatnot, given the popularity of that product. So it's not like Blake Martinez or nobody. I'm sure there's a hundred. Oh yeah. Other Poke. So it's not like whatnot needs. Oh, we, we're going to lose our one Pokemon dealer. No. <laughs> I just while you were talking, I went to the website. I was trying to look through the the marketplace, and it kept trying to get me to download the app. So yeah, yeah, because they'd want it's, and that's the other thing. Yeah, it's all app driven. The website's just a, a pass through to the app. Yeah, every time you scan down, it's you download the app. You, if you want this quest, you got to download that. Well, no, yeah. thank you. Well, not. Um, and so the end of this is that Martinez now is back in the NFL, not as a starter, but as you said, as a practice squatter. And by the way, just to address what you said up front, you know, just increase the roster size. You know, of course, the obvious, which is why they don't yes. want to increase the roster size. Okay, I the know. obvious answer is they don't want to pay to increase the roster size. Okay, that that would cause the NFL owners to have to employ people on full-time active player salaries instead of just paying them for the one week that they played and sending it back from whence they came on the practice squad. So that is why they don't want to increase the roster size. Um, so that's this is Martinez's world now. You know, will he make it? I mean, again, he's coming off an ACL tear. He hadn't played in a year. Um, you know, he's got to do, I guess, you know, a poor working man has to do what he needs to do to survive, huh? Yeah, lunch pail guy, Blake Martinez. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's like a blue collar man going to work as a plumber, you know. <laughs> Steve, let me ask you a quick question. How much World Series did you watch? Zero. Wow. That's a big Not statement. One a second. Baseball yeah. fan. Well, yeah, okay. So the context is I was a bit mad at my Dodgers this year. I'm a diehard Dodger fan. And I was a bit mad at them. I don't want to get political on it, but they had an event. I'm not going to go into detail. I'll tell you after, Chris. But they had an event at Dodger Stadium that I strongly disagreed with. And so I I kind of boycotted them this year, not really intentionally. I just got kind of disgusted with them. And as a result of that, I did watch some of the Astros-Rangers ALCS championship series because I was, of course, rooting against the Astros. But I just didn't watch the. It just didn't turn me on, to be honest. I watched not one second of it. Well, Steve always has a bizarre matrix of reasons why he bars himself <laughs> and things he enjoys. But yeah, that's true. I do kind of torture myself. But apparently, so did all of Baseball Nation. Um, have some reason, you know, enter enter years here about why they did not watch the World Series because it is. Apparently, the lowest-rated World Series of all time. Well, yeah, but but to be clear, I didn't intentionally boycott the World Series because of you know what I was mad about the Dodgers over. I kind of fall into this other group, which is this just wasn't that interesting of a World Series. That's Boring. really why I didn't watch. Like I had a bunch of other things going on, and, and you know, in life and everything. I think I was on the road that part of that week, it, you know, one of those weeks, and I just didn't watch it. Uh, you know, that was all it was. It was more like, okay, it's the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. You know, oh yawn. Yeah, that's not a great. It's not. This is not Yankees, Red Sox. You know, or Yankees Dodgers or something like Giants. You know. Well, the biggest Philadelphia Phillies fans in the, you know, divisional, no, it's whatever, the, uh, whatever, the, what's it called? The championship, you know, the league championship series. The ALCS? 
Yes, the uh, NLCS. Well, NLCS. The yeah. biggest fans of the Phillies were the Major League Baseball uh, offices because yes. you know, they, they wanted the Phillies in the World Series so bad because for weeks everyone was going, oh my gosh, if we're tracking towards uh, Diamondbacks, Texans, we're in, we're, we're in for a real problem. So this was a known thing. Yeah, Rangers, the Texans football team. But yeah, right. um, yeah. So here's a, so um, this is what I found was on sports media, sportspromedia.com, and this is dated November third by somebody named Josh Sim. MLB World Series 2023's least watched on record. Um, so the as a whole, the entire series averaged nine point one one million viewers. That's the average over over five games. Now that is like an NFL regular season NFL game, like an afternoon, not even like Monday Night Football. That's like the one o'clock game between you know the Lions and the Falcons or something. Um, now that is the previous low was two thousand twenty nine point nine five million. Um, TV on is dropped by twenty three percent over last year's World Series. And last year's World Series was the Astros and the Phillies, Phillies, right? So Astros aren't a big-name team, but they had a lot of scandal around them, and the Phillies definitely are a high-profile And they're star-packed, so if you're following players, they were packed with Right, yeah. You know, like, name a Diamondbacks player, Uh, you know. um, TV audiences dropped from 23—or I said that— Game 5, even the concluding Game 5, only had 11.45 million. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and the MFL in a ML in MFL major league baseball postseason only averaged 4.45 million viewers across Fox TBS and ESPN, which was down 8% on last season. So I, the whole playoffs. Oh, and, and the other stat we'll throw out there. Let's see. Um, game three was the least watched game world series game on record 8.13 million. So the ratings are way, 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 way down. Um, I think it's due almost entirely to the low profile nature of both teams. The Diamondbacks didn't even win their division. The Dodgers won the NL West. They were very, they are a very low profile team historically. They're not an old team with an old history. The Rangers are kind of the same, very low profile. So that doesn't generate a ton of excitement amongst the fans. Look at what happened to me again. I didn't make an effort to watch it. I, I not one second of it. Whereas if it was you know, Yankees, Phillies, I probably would have. So I think that's what happened. I don't think it's long-term health of the game. I think it's just this was a really bad matchup. Yeah, it was a is a perfect storm. Also, the game, the series was boring. It didn't. I mean, if it goes seven it games, was. they probably pull that. That will pull the numbers up by game seven. So it was actually there wasn't much drama, wasn't much intrigue. Yeah. In, so everything that Steve already said. It also just you know it had actually been a exciting series momentum would have built over seven games to a degree but there was i would have drawn me in if it had been drama i would have okay wait i need to start paying attention to this and all of a sudden i remember looking up and it was over (laughs) you know that's no nba major league baseball nhl they they don't want five game champ you know you know final series they don't want you want six minimum so so you know it's a perfect storm of bad and we don't have the time really right now might be something to put a, a bit of a um asterisk on but I, you know, because baseball, a lot of their metrics are actually ticking up. So, like, on a lot, you know, if you kind of look at a more holistic health of the league stats, this one, I think, is actually the outlier. I don't think it's some big signal that that baseball is going down. What I would say, and some of your, the stats you shared about the playoffs in general, 
I do think baseball has to think about how they present their postseason. It's a lot of weird times. I it's I don't know what network anything is on. You got games kind of on top of each other. They don't do a very good job of highlighting their product in the postseason. And you could say, well, it's a lot of games or whatever. NHL and NBA have more games. They do a much better job scoping them out, getting them on prime time or getting them on on prime weekend afternoon slots. For some reason, baseball does not help themselves really in presenting their postseason product. It's it's confusing. It's off schedule. I think they have some work to do there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And there have been times when I've tried to find my Dodgers in the play in the playoff game. So what freaking network is this game on? You know, and I have to hunt around and find it because I don't know. And then they're on at like 30, you know? Yeah, they're on on the middle, like a playoff afternoon on a 3.30 on a Tuesday. Yeah, like what? Yeah, no, I agree. And they don't do a good job of advertising what network is it on. They have weird times. You're right in saying like the NBA does not do that. And the NBA has seven game series just like baseball does, uh, you know? And so, yeah. And more of them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Because there's they put more teams in the playoffs, and somehow the NBA figures out and gets it done. And there's no question about where these games are. But it's like you have to hunt, like search out what, where is this game? Uh, you know. So I do think that's right. And, and the thing is, I think this kind of goes. They can't let go of history because baseball at one point in time was an afternoon sport. You know, if you go back decades and decades, a lot of these teams didn't have Wrigley Field didn't have lights until. I want to say like 25 years ago or something. It was it, it was not in a, a huge past ago, you know. So I think some of it is like the long-term history of keeping the traditional life of afternoon baseball. But the simple fact of the matter is if you want people to watch these games in today's world, you've got to put them on in prime time. Yeah, when people aren't in school or at work. You know? Yeah, because <laughs> I have not watched some playoff games I wanted to watch because I cannot watch TV at work. You know, that's exactly right. I can't watch a baseball game when I'm sitting in an office or doing and whatever job you can, you, you can stack a ton of Saturday and Sunday games and kind of preserve some of the day game vibe. You know, there's ways there's ways to do that's this. what the NBA does. The NBA yeah, will exactly. put on afternoon Saturday afternoon games. You yeah, know, they're midnight, not going to. Noon to midnight, there's games on weekends, basically. Yeah, yeah, right, right, and and they get decent ratings. So I do think you're I think you're right there. Uh, it's a good point. But I, but this is like you said. This was not baseballs in trouble. This is just two teams that nobody cares about, and it was a boring series. And we kind of blinked, and it was over, and nobody noticed. That was what happened. Yeah, and you're in always in the midst of the NFL season, which is always a problem. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> an existential yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But but you know you can plan around that. Don't put games on a Sunday. Don't compete with the NFL. Have that be the <laughs> off day. Uh, you, you can know. do lots of things on that one. Yeah. All right, Steve. So, um, well, season's got some intrigue here. So I'm sure you're covering that on the hog side. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's um, we are doing our regular uh, hog style, which is released every Thursday, uh, covering you know the game that was and the game to be, and all of our other regular news. And we have all of our regular written content, so please check it out. They can pull off a win this weekend, which you'll probably already know the outcome to if the season gets pretty interesting. So be following the Hogs tie, and we will see you in two weeks.